You are listening to Future Net Zero, a platform to help businesses and the wider community improve our lives and our planet by achieving net zero. In this podcast, Future Net Zero News editor Johnny Bairstow speaks with Simon Alsbury, Managing Director of Energize, as they discuss data insights, company carbon footprints, and how these interact with scope-free emissions. Hello everyone and welcome to this podcast. I'm Johnny Bairstow from Future Net Zero and today I'm joined with Simon from Energize for the fourth uh, in the series of Counting Carbon. Simon, how are you? Yeah, good Johnny. Thanks for having me back again and uh, good to go through the, the next step of this podcast series. And if someone's tuning in for the first time, could you quickly run us through who you are and what Energize do? So, uh, yeah, great. Um, so I'm Simon Asbury, uh, Energize, Managing Director at Energize. And, um, Energize is uh, a net zero um, solutions provider. So we're part consultancy, part tech. So we've got a, a complete solution of consultancy solutions around the pathways to net zero. And then we've also got a portfolio of software solutions around implementing the pathway as well. Perfect. And uh, in the previous editions of the Counting Carbon series, we've talked through how to get started uh, for businesses on their net zero journey and talking about the uh, scope two impacts uh, and scope three emissions as well. Uh, Now we're going to be talking about how businesses can gain insight from their footprint uh, and actually take action, aren't we? Yeah, absolutely. So I think uh, this particular session going through how to present the data, how it's typically presented, how that could be improved and and how to gain insight from it. And then finalising on next week with how to set targets and move towards net zero. So I suppose a good place to start for this week is to ask you, what's the typical way most organisations present their carbon footprints at the moment? At the moment, um, the, the vast majority of carbon footprints are um, actually hidden in companies' accounts or in their annual reports if they're a PLC, which are whilst available on people's websites, they're not put in the, the light of day with customers or staff or uh, with stakeholders. So the, the, the majority of the time, there's a bit of a disconnect between this pathway to net zero most organisations are on and, and where that data is available. In most of the cases in the company accounts, it's also just presented as a table. Um, there's no particular analysis for many organizations on it. There is some that are emerging to do that, but there's a good chunk of organizations, particularly around the SECR uh, reporting that's um, started over the course of the last 12 months, uh, that is simply just presented as a table. And you could get you could be providing a lot more insight to your um, organization customers and, and stakeholders uh, than that. So um, there's a long way for us to go as a uh, as a sector than that starting position. Yeah, I can begin to imagine, but what do you think the main issues are with large, largely just presenting that data in company accounts that might be hidden away in some obscure system uh, that no one ever looks at? What are the main issues with that? And obviously that data is meant to be used for making change, so surely that doesn't help. Uh, you have to start from the point that we need to be using it to engage people, and I think that format that we're in is the kind of de facto approach at the moment is is not necessarily starting from that premise. So I think we've got to challenge ourselves to figure out what's an easier way to understand uh, much of this. I think some of that starts from the beginning of trying to present that data in visual ways rather than it just being in a data table. But I think there is also this kind of relative impact. Uh, it's important to show people what the, the relative importance of certain things are. There is a widespread n- number of people who uh, don't necessarily know what a ton of carbon represents. So you've, you've got to give it more meaning than just simply a data table. So there, there is a, for most organizations that need to put the context around the data 
that really means that kind of most organizations need to put some kind of relative scale. So um, show the importance of them. We use a, an example of that. We, we use something we call carbon bubbles. So uh, if you imagine a set of uh, circles on a, on a page, the, the largest would be the largest footprint, footprint, part of the carbon footprint, the, the smallest being the, the smallest element, but we actually have them uh, clickable so that you can drill down through them. And, and that's that, that makes it much more uh, interesting uh, when you'll be able to go through it. But I think th they've become a series of things that you that, that allow you to drive towards that action-oriented side that, you, that you, you were mentioning in terms of actually driving forward for organizations. Most organizations need to get some element of a budget uh, of what they're using with carbon, if nothing else, just by applying an, an annual percentage saving figure and really going to look at also which things they can most directly influence. So rather than it being just a list of, of where the carbon footprint comes from, uh, particularly as it expands out to having that scope free element and you've got potentially 18, 20 categories in a, in a high level summary, then I think it's important for people to just do a bit of an analysis between uh, what are the most influenceable parts of that and they can actually take their own direct action on what are going to need to be indirect influences where they where they'll have to much longer term programs of work. So there's, a, there's just a real need to find some more transparency behind the way that we're all presenting the data. Uh, to, to, to everybody who's using it. Yeah, so so that's helpful in terms of how the data should be presented. But in terms of actually reviewing the carbon footprint, do you think uh, what's the most important thing? Is it about getting an understanding of the scale of the emissions? Is it finding suitable places to take action where you're going to have the greatest effect? Uh, what do you think the tricks of the trade are in terms of pinpointing uh, in, you know, where action needs to be taken? I think for us, we'd say there's kind of, uh, four bits that you, you'd really want to get some more insight on. Uh, performance versus a budget or relative over time. Uh, but, but, but you need to set a budget because this is this pathway to net zero. It can't just be, okay, we've saved a little bit versus last year. That's that's That won't be speedy enough. So there's, there's got to be a measure of speed uh, somewhere in there because this is, this, is, this is a rapid program for most organizations and you've got to be able to present whether you're going fast enough rather than just whether you're doing something. And I think that's a challenge upon all of us to, so you actually, I think, need to present what that that velocity needs to be and whether you're you're on it. I think going back to that relative scale point, that's a really helpful way to do it. The carbon bubbles approach that we do. Um, I think the ability to actually overlay your opportunities over the top of it, so showing in some way, okay, we 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 have this chunk of our carbon footprint, but actually we know how to get rid of. 30% of it or whatever it is, then that's actually quite useful insight because uh, it's all it's fine to t say what your carbon footprint is, but being able to then show how much of it you actually also know how to reduce is, is that that's, that's as, as equally important, particularly on something, say, like the investor side of things, where at the moment, because of how little transparency there is around some of these things, you end up with investors needing to pay specialists to analyze it, or they're having to be kind of specialist disclosure structures, whereas that data could be more readily available to be understood by kind of less specialized knowledge. I think there is ultimately like anything in the modern world, as we get better and better technology and better software to, to, to do this work with, that it's about making it visual. And I think you kind of just have to stay curious. I think there is a underlying challenge behind the curiosity that we need to have. We need to keep asking ourselves questions. And as we ask ourselves more of those, I think we'll get better at sharing the understanding that's needed beyond how to move this forward. And in this series so far, in the Counting Carbon podcast series, uh, we've talked a lot about the, the importance of data in uh, creating a foundation 
um, for what businesses need to do, because without data and understanding where they are, uh, they can't do anything really, uh, I think is the underlying message that we've discussed so far. But of course, data is only useful if you can turn it into action. And how can businesses listening to this, once they've got that data, they've identified the important points, uh, how can they turn that into action? Because after all, this is what the data is for, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, ultimately, you've obviously got to get that data right in the first place, as we've talked about. But I think starting to look at how you turn it into action, a lot of that is about almost you know, the immediate opportunities that spring to mind. And there's almost a little bit of a checklist of those um, to, that, that you can think about as you, as you go through picking out kind of immediate points that are more in your influence than others. So that influence mapping that I mentioned in the previous point, once you've done that and you can almost go, okay, I can do something about that. It's then picking off those first steps, things like, okay, we've got a big electricity chunk here. Could we go green and renewable energy business travel? Okay. Well break down the business travel to what's causing it. If that business travel is largely cars and you could go more public transport then those are the kind of things which organizations can tackle relatively quickly. Electricity, gas, water, waste um, is ultimately about using less or throwing less away. Um, and there's a lot of low and no cost actions that can be take, taken in that, that, that area. And there's a whole range of quick wins that can be immediately spotted from that. I think that you can very easily map out the difference between those things which are quick wins uh, and those things which are going to require longer term actions. And you can kind of break the other two bits away into two other categories. One, you need better data. So it might be supply chain pieces in the scope three there that you just need to get better data over time. And then there might also be things which are bigger, complicated, more complicated things to change, like um, things that require big capital expenditure over time. So I think if you almost look at which things you can influence and then just ask yourself some, some questions from that point of curiosity that I mentioned, then you'll quite easily get to uh, a top 10 things that you can start doing and if everybody were taking that level of action i think we'd be a lot further along this journey yeah sure and uh once once the carbon footprint has been reached um and you know some points might have been identified on how to decarbonize what do you think are the the easiest first steps um when businesses are willing to really take that leap on the pathway to net zero make a big change um after they've got their footprint what are the first few things they could get underway with I think for the majority of organizations, that's always been about resource efficiency because electricity, gas, water, waste, that I, I just mentioned a moment ago, is, is beneficial in two respects. It reduces your carbon footprint, but it also has a tendency to be the action that will contribute the most to improving the financial performance of that organization. So that's an immediately obvious action as, as, as number one. I think almost every organization that starts this journey identifies some area that their data has to improve over time to make sure that they can take future actions, be that business travel data needs to be improved, procurement data needs to be improved, your information about logistics in the supply chain, that kind of thing. You, you just need like data improvement projects. I think the other bit is that what most organizations need to do, acknowledging this is a long-term thing outside of those other two bits around data and resource efficiency, is that you know this is is going to take a long time so it's whether that's a case of creating a a plan that just breaks it down over time or, or not or you you need to create a plan or a working group of some form so if it's a larger organization then you'll need to uh, realistically create a working group or a team of some form that can drive forward some of those bigger agenda uh, headline items that you've identified but even at the smaller end if it was say just an sme with a individual owner looking at this you still need to kind of create a longer term to-do list of okay i'm going to have to tackle that and these are the kind of things i can i can 
head off year by year. And I think if you did all those things, that would kind of give you that ability to know you've got one eye on the future um, and you've got real action being taken now on the resource efficiency side that just allows you to, to make a real difference. So I think in terms of the immediate steps, we typically see people doing generally that resource efficiency side. But if you're thinking about it in first steps you should take to make sure the whole pathway is enabled, then all of those. For some organizations, they'll choose to also then take measures to offset the balance of whatever they've got left as emissions and, and look at carbon neutrality. Uh, and that that's admirable uh, in terms of the approach of doing that, but the, the, the decision to do that varies from organization to organization. Well, there you have it. If you're in our audience, uh, you now know the first steps that you can take uh, on that journey. And uh, please do tune in next time for the fifth and final in our Counting Carbon series with Energize, where we'll be talking about mapping out your pathway to net zero and setting a target, uh, which is the ultimate final step. So thank you very much uh, to our audience for tuning in, as always. And thank you, Simon. I look forward to speaking with you next time. Thanks, Johnny. Speak next time. Thank you very much, Simon. Uh, that was another enlightening podcast there as part of our Counting Carbon series that we're doing with Energize. Uh, so please, if you enjoyed that, and I'm sure you did, please tune in next time uh, for episode four, where we'll be talking about gaining insights uh, from your footprint and taking action, uh, which, of course, is the important part. So again, thank you very much, Simon, and thank you to our audience. Thanks, Johnny, and uh, see you next time. You have been listening to a promoted podcast from Future Net Zero. Thanks for listening to this Future Net Zero podcast. Please follow us on social media and subscribe to the website at www.futurenetzero.com. Future Net Zero. Better business, better planet.